to Core Values, an official podcast of Broken Arrow Schools on the AeroVision Network. I'm your host, Adam J. Foreman, Executive Director of Public Relations for BA Schools. And this podcast is made possible by our wonderful One Club sponsors, First National Bank of Broken Arrow, TTCU Federal Credit Union, Ascension St. John Broken Arrow, Tulsa Bone and Joint, and the Arrow Group. And let me welcome my special guest today, Jason Jadamski, Director of the Vanguard Academy. Hello, Jason. Hey, Mr. Foreman, is, how you doing? Is it weird to call you Jason? That is weird. Usually it's just uh, when I'm in trouble, <laughs> significant people in my life uh, will call me Jason. For those it's listening, it's actually JJ as he goes by, so I will refer to you that from here on out. But, you know, I have to be all up on it at the very beginning. No, that's fantastic. My Actually, my brother-in-law makes fun of me because when I coached soccer for a long time, they would put JJ Jadamski in the paper. He'd go, that's, that person doesn't even exist, man. That's not- <laughs> You're not really here. Yeah. And our other special guest today is Mr. Brandon Chitty, Director of Virtual Programs and Instruction. Hello, Mr. Brandon. Hey, I, do I get a cool name? I can, can give I, you one. Yeah. It may not be good for the air, but I can give you one. <laughs> I'll let that one fly. So, <laughs> so a couple of years ago, uh, parents, staff, et cetera, all got together and talked about high school configuration. And the both non-traditional and traditional ways that students go to school. And I would say both of your respective programs are a byproduct of that. And we're going to get into that today to talk about virtual and Vanguard and everything that goes on. But before that, I'm going to get real personal with you. And we're going to start with Brandon. Oh, hey I thought I was off the hook. Because he went first <laughs> last time. Brandon, won't you tell us about your educational journey so far, where you've gotten here, like where you went to high school, college, the whole nonsense. Yeah. So um, I actually am a BA grad. I graduated from Broken Arrow Public Schools in 2002. Go I Tigers. The, I, I was the first. I came to BA in uh, sixth grade at uh, Centennial. I was the first graduating class out of Centennial. So that was a big deal, right? Like that school seems old now, but that was <laughs> that was that was me back then. Uh, you know, they went to South and then the Broken Arrow High School and uh, went to school to be a fireman because that's what my dad did, right? So Interesting. Like, yeah, man. I did not know that. Yeah. So I was like the smallest guy there. Right. And so, um, which my dad's not a big, big guy either, but it, yeah, it was, there's a big competition in being a fireman here in Broken Arrow and Tulsa area. And, um, and I sat and I, so I, was, I was in it. So I went to school, uh, to, to do that and, uh, found out that the majority of that job is, you know, dealing with tragedy, uh, death and cause you know, firemen are first responders. Right. And I just had more of a heart for the living, you know? And, uh, so, uh, I was going to school, um, and I was subbing, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I had a situation where I was subbing, I think it was at union and, uh, I had this kid sat down and helped her, you know, she uh, engaged with me, wanted some help with math. And uh, she started getting teary-eyed at the end, and I was just like, I didn't know what was going on. And um, she was like, I've just never, I never understood math, and I, I get this, you know. And so that was the moment, right? All of us were you a mess kind of <laughs> at that point? Were you done? No, I was just questioning my entire <laughs> existence, right? Like I was like, so what, what do I do now, right? And I didn't want to, like, I was not the school person, right? Like right. going when I was in high school and middle school, like, uh, didn't really engage a whole lot. But I think that's what makes really good teachers because you're much more relatable right like if you were that straight a just perfect kiddo then you expect all your kids to be like that right so oh boy. um it was a it was a good experience to to have and uh then i just started subbing more and more and just fell more and more in love with it and decided i was like this is what i was going to do and so i uh, never regretted it had the best time of my life in the classroom and you were also broken arrows district teacher 
of the year. Man, that was so long Woo-woo! ago. Yes. Here's the th- situation. That's a decade ago now, right? A so decade. I believe that was point, 2010, was No, that, right? 12. 20, oh, my That's what I'm gosh. saying. It's a decade ago this year, right? So wow. at some point, you know. You haven't aged a day, man. Oh, yeah? I've yeah. aged hey, horribly, like but you look great. Like a fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> like a fine wine. Yeah, I remember that. That's how I met you. Was that you were yeah. district teacher of the year, and, and I was like, "Who's this guy? Who, do you, who does he think he is?" Stickered up, and you know, gotta <laughs> gotta keep it keep it right there, right? Well, now you're a legacy, mm, a legacy. I don't know. Well, what about you, JJ? Talk about where your background, where you came from, how you how you got here today. Yeah, uh, man. You know, I'm a. I graduated from Union High School down the road. Ah, right? the Red Hawks. And, yes. yes, the Red Hawks, and um, went to college and and. Uh, you know, kind of, I, I would say I lucked my way into education, um, was playing soccer. My college soccer coach was Charlie Mitchell. used to own restaurants in town, former pro soccer the player. The Charlie Mitchell the restaurants? Charlie Mitchell, yeah. Yeah, I used to yeah. go to those as a kid. No, nah, man, and it, it was cool. I used to, like, work in the chemistry lab and tutor in college, and uh, I was helping him coach the girls' team, and they had a horrible practice, and he told this story. He asked him, set him down, said, you know, who's your best friend? And they were like, Sarah and Katie, and picked up the soccer ball. And Charlie said, this is my best friend. It got me to travel the world, and um helped me open restaurants when my playing career was over and then um his restaurants went away and had some other stuff go on and um he became a soccer coach in college and that kind of got him back on his feet and going uh, moving in a good direction and as he was telling that story I was like man what do I like just I kind of just naturally like my best friend is like this chemistry tutoring thing that I do and like soccer I should be like a teacher and a coach so I took the alternative certification test right and applied for that deal and got it and got a job in Tahlequah Oklahoma so I was there three years, came to Broken Arrow, Broken Arrow North, uh, awesome, um, really cool school. I was there four years, um, went to that union place as a coach and coached for a couple of years, ended up in Bentonville, Arkansas for six years, uh, became an administrator there, and then came back to Broken Arrow as the student activities director for several years, left to go be a speaker uh, for two years. Now I'm back in BA as the director of Vanguard. So uh, I've bounced around a lot. I know people are like, man, you've been a lot of places. I have, but have. to me, it's always been like a really cool opportunity. Um, my, I always tell people my purpose in life is to help people live a better life than what they would have then ever met me. And so uh, as long as I'm fulfilling that person purpose, um, uh, you know, the role doesn't matter as much uh, as long as I'm connecting to that purpose. And so that's what I'm doing now at Vanguard. Well, Brandon and I are better for knowing you right now. In this oh, room. my gosh. I, yeah, and like professional speaker. What are we going to I'm just going to turn this over to you. I'm going to go take a nap in the corner. So you were at Tahlequah Public? Tahlequah. What for, years were you there? First job, I was there um, 98, 99, and 2000, 2001. That's when I was in school there. Um, was it really? Yeah, yeah man. that's no, when I was at school. That, that was a great first job. You know, so I was a science teacher, and in, in Tahlequah at that time, they had a science building, um, and there were six teachers in the building. And essentially, I worked with five phenomenal ladies that, um, because I was alternative certified, I, you know, a, a lot of first-year teachers don't really know what they're doing yet, right, until you actually do it. And I had five mentors in that building um, that turned me into a decent educator, right? And when I think about my career as an educator, I go back to like the beginning. Um, I was just really lucky that I was hired in Tahlequah and worked with five ladies that wanted to pour into me and help me become a decent educator. So I'm very thankful for that experience. Are they still teachers to this day? Do you know? Uh, a couple of them are, yeah. A couple there of them. Go. One of them just retired this past year, Vicki Elliott. She was like really my mentor on paper, right? But all of them were my mentors. A couple are, I think one's in Muskogee. I think one, um, one's still in Tahlequah, still there. Um, one is now, I think, out of education, and I'm not sure what the other one does now. Interesting. I didn't know you were a science person. See, I'm just learning all kinds of stuff today. You're a fireman. You're a science guy. 
I am so boring. <laughs> you guys have these amazing backgrounds. So let's talk about your areas of expertise. And since I started with you first, Brandon, I'm going to go over to you, Mr. JJ. You are in a brand new facility called the Vanguard Academy. And for those who are not aware of what it is, give me just a little you know, elevator pitch of what Vanguard Academy is. Yeah, I, I like to tell people we're a school of innovation. And essentially, we do four things differently than most schools. We're holistic in our approach. We're trying to grow students' um, knowledge, skills, creativity, mindset. We're interdisciplinary. When students go to a class, it's typically more than one subject combined. We're competency-based. We focus on growth and not grades. And then we uh, provide a high degree of student voice and choice. So students become juniors and seniors. Really, they get to pick a problem they want to solve in the world or something they're passionate about and pursue it. So essentially, that's kind of like the 30-second version of what Vanguard is. That's amazing. Needs to be on a brochure or something. It might be actually. <laughs> so when you say that, like they kind of they're not grades based. I bet that was a challenge going into a world where we're very grades based around the state and and national standards. How how was that navigating that? Yeah. So I think sometimes people hear like competency based and stuff, and they go, "Oh my gosh, what is that?" You know, essentially, um, we're just really focused on growth and getting students to a place of like advanced and mastery, right? So we re- use a rubric for everything we do to measure growth in those four areas: knowledge, skills, creativity, mindset. So um, it is an adjustment. It's an adjustment for our staff. Although most of the staff we have on our campus, I'd say all of them, uh, came to Vanguard because they wanted to uh, embrace this different approach. And then students, you know, we struggled for you know it's our first year open. We struggled till about mid. October, where students finally got a little more comfortable with the approach of focusing on growth and not grades and being competency-based and things like that. And uh, since then, it's uh, it's been much smoother. Um, and I anticipate any kid that comes on our campus the first couple of months is going to be different because they've gone to school, you know, the first, you know, uh, eight years of their life a certain way. And now all of a sudden they're hopping into a, a different approach. And um, uh, the phrase we use a lot on campus is you have to learn how to sacrifice comfort for growth. Oh, so yeah. uh, hopping into this new environment, it's uncomfortable, but you have to sacrifice that comfort so you can grow as a person. And so those students had to interview to get in. They had to kind of really put their best foot forward or worst foot Absolutely. forward. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, there's, there was no, yeah. what was the criteria to get in that school? Yeah. Students apply, we interview them and get feedback from their, their middle schools, feeder schools, and we make decisions. And um, there's no like criteria, criteria necessarily. It's not a certain GPA or anything like that. What we tell people is we're looking for students running toward something, not away from something, right? We want students that go, man, I would love to be in a school where um, I'm up and a little more active, right? And I get to own my learning a little bit more. They they need to be very self-directed students. So really we're looking for students running towards something, not, a, not away from something. We have students on our campus that last year, they were two years advanced in math. We actually have a couple of kids on our campus that failed a class or two last year, right? But Interesting. they all wanted a different approach to school. And we want Vanguard to be a snapshot of our student population. So we serve a diverse group of students that really reflects uh, Baffa and Broken Arrow High School's population. So speaking of self-directed students, what a great segue. Right, you set me up, Mr. Brandon. I'm just full of segues today. You run the virtual programs, which is very self directed for students. Oh man, that's like the main criteria if we were to have one, right? Right, is, uh, is being self paced, uh, self motivated, um, you know, internally driven. Um, unfortunately, those aren't uh, aspects of students uh, that are in those grades very often, right? right. I mean, in high school, we have, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, in, in the secondary education realm, right? A lot of that education has gone virtual, and we have adults that struggle to keep up right, and do everything right. self-paced and, 
and to work there. So we really look at it as a, a heavy partnership between the home. We actually um, categorize the, the person supporting at home as the learning coach. Um, they are our partner in. And that could be anybody, a parent, anybody. a sibling, whatever. Oh, for sure. Anybody that, that is the champion of the success of the student at home is that learning coach. And so um, we have some situations where that, that person is, is, uh, is really strong in their engagement. And we have some um, that aren't, you know, and we have to fill those gaps. And, you know, it's a diverse population of students that, that choose virtual um, you know, we went from, uh, I think when we first started and we've had virtual for a while, for a couple of years, you know, right? Couple years. But then the certain thing called a Nine pandemic well. showed up yeah, and, we grew to like and 5, kind of 000. magnified yeah, it a little man. bit. And I think it's just crazy because you look over the entire country, it's so, um, it's so relieving to, to feel the same and to have the same problems as others. Right. Right. You're not um, so alone and yeah. isolated. Uh, we just got back from a conference last week. Uh, you know, uh, it was in Georgia. And so there's people from everywhere. And uh, just to hear and be validated of where we're at and the moves that we're making, uh, the accountability measures we're putting into place just to ensure that students aren't getting lost. Um, you know, when students come to school, there's that connection, right? When students don't come to school and they're at home, um, that accountability can can fall off a little bit. And so I think that's a big part of our job. Uh, when it comes to virtual, um, it's communication. It's 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 constant. And, um, and that engagement with that family is so important. We need to know every family by name. We need to know these kids. We need to know their situation. Um, they need to engage with us too, right? We don't want to have kids that grow up losing connections with others and that, that, that community. And so that's something that is very hard virtually. We're still figuring it out, but we have a long way to go. Um, and, uh, we're going to seek the greatness through that. I mean, you guys are just eloquent speakers. Like, just sitting with you guys is such a pleasure to just just talk to you. Just, but you can see the passion in both of you in your respective areas. So when it comes to virtual, uh, a lot of people just assume it's, you know, here's an online and here's your thing and you're done. And it's so much more than that. What is Broken Arrow doing in the virtual realm that nobody else is really doing around here? I mean, if you look at charter virtual schools, um, you know, I would, I would always question, you know, why, why we choose charter schools if you're living within a district, whether you're at BA or whether you're at another school, because the schools have so much more to offer. Um, it allows the student to be in the community. Uh, so, you know, if we have students, uh, middle school, high school, that want to engage in choir or uh, sports or art, they just want to take art in person, right? They don't, you know, there's no real way to do virtual art or music. It or could be interesting. I mean, it could <laughs> yeah. be done, but yeah. It can. How, how do Honestly, you do that? Honestly, <laughs> most of it is like uh, theory, right? right so right. you do like uh, music theory or you do art appreciation. And that's not, it's not that tactile you know, no. way of learning. I'm a right? fine arts guy, so yeah, like, you wanna, I, I have to be there. And the paper, you gotta get that media yeah. mixed in, right? If I'm singing a duet, I gotta have that person with me. You yeah. know, we're gonna do it online. So, and we just have great teachers here, man. We have great programs, and so why not take your cores online, right? Give your give yourself some flexibility. Make it to where you can really unite with your family. I mean, we have some families that you know they go rock climbing every Friday because they get everything done, and so that family unit is really strong. Um, but at the same time. Being able to engage with school and do things um, as a broken arrow tiger, uh, be on the football team, be on the soccer team, uh, go to the art competitions, you know, do those things is why we are special. We even go outside of that, right? So um, a lot of these programs, they'll just say, okay, we're going to, there's that term synchronous and asynchronous, right? So Which I was new to last year and I'm like, huh? Someone asked me that? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I know now. Now you know, right? Well, I'll give you a little uh, hey, give me drop a, down. Give me a, a 
uh, asynchronous, synchronous for dummies kind of yeah. a definition for me. Dummies like me. Dummies like you. So, yeah. well, first of all, when you put a in front of a word, right? That's that usually means the, it non, means the opposite, right? right? The opposite. <laughs> so you got to get that grammar down first. But um, so synchronous uh, obviously means together, and so um, which is what we love, right? So like synchronous means that you're on like maybe a video call with your peers and your teacher. You're doing things at the same time. The learning is active in real time for all participants. Asynchronous would be that it's prepared. Um, the student would, would access that probably virtually, um, whether that's uh, on a computer, on a document, on a book, um, and, and doing that by themselves. And so that's asynchronous, so just the opposite of that togetherness type of learning. And so really, we just know, right? Like we opened up an elementary virtual school, right? That's that. I mean, you're, if you look over time, that's what, three years? New, I mean, in pre-pandemic, there wasn't, Maybe a handful of that going on across the country because how do you how do you how do you give pre K kid a virtual school right They learn through play. I mean, you right. know, k- kindergarten first a lot of that is learned through that tactile play that you know. And so without a teacher at home, you don't have to almost be a teacher. How how hard is that to do? And so that synchronous engagement. Um, it can be done. It's just it takes a huge amount of investment in making sure that happens. And so that's a special thing about us. We do those synchronous lessons. A lot of times that happens outside too. But where we go beyond that is our social emotional connections and community. So um, we do um, events where the students become uh, come to our site or meet somewhere outside in our community. Um, our elementary staff, they do park hops. They're at a park every other week meeting up with uh, their elementary kids, connecting families, uh, connecting friendships. Um, um, and been bridging those gaps. We have astronomy club where we just had a Valentine's Day party, right? I walked in there and there's like 30 elementary kids and the moms are running this, right? And I remember one of the funny things is they, they all had their Valentine's treats out and they had to put their hands behind their back and, you know, see who could eat all the Valentine's treats the passes. Why right? wasn't I invited? Like, right. Yeah, but, but like you can't do that virtually, that connection <laughs> no. and engagement, like right. that's so important to have. And so we really drive our families to really make those connections because a lot of times it's hard to get out of the house. When you get in that routine of, okay, they're at home, they're doing these things. We really need to communicate the importance of connections, right? That is, it's the whole child. I mean, uh, JJ spoke about that a minute ago. So we really need to make sure that that virtual is not just asynchronous delivery of content and information, that it's truly connecting families um, to the wider scope of their child. Well, I haven't been in college in quite a bit. It's been a while since I've been there. But when I was graduating back in the day, it seemed like it was going to more online courses anyway. And now that's almost the standard. So I think we're doing such a great job prepping those kids for a college atmosphere. Well, not only that, but our distance days, our, our days when we're yeah, kids for home. District-wide, and, absolutely. You know, our teachers are onboarding that content a little bit more. So, yeah, I mean, the the, the readiness of our, our students in that next stage is, is definitely going to increase. So I, I bragged on you earlier, Brandon, about being District Teacher of the Year, but I forgot to brag on Mr. JJ for being the state champion coach oh, of the man. soccer <laughs> team last year for Broken Arrow School. So, yes, I'm going to brag on you. Oh man! Not only are you a scientist, but you're a soccer player too. You know too. what's crazy about that? He yeah. earned that in like, like, that, how crazy is that? How good do you have to be to get that title? <laughs> He's that within good. Like, <laughs> it, it was it was twenty four days, right? But but here's the deal: that it it was just a unique situation. And uh, for for people that are listening that don't know, last year we had a, a our soccer staff changed suddenly about a week before the playoffs and. 
um, myself and our current superintendent, who is the associate superintendent at the time, Chuck Perry, um, end up being the coaches of the team. And man, they were a very uh, talented, they had a lot of talent. They were having a good season. Um, it was just a, a unfortunate situation. And um, got to hop in and coach, and I haven't coached in many years, and neither Mr. Perry. And Like uh, riding a and bike. Right? It's like riding a bike. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, there, the there, was, there was no pressure. What was cool is there was actually, there was no pressure there, right? Because, um, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're the head of a program and it's your program, there's, I think there's probably more pressure there. I've experienced that before of, like, we have a great team. We should win or be successful or make the finals. Or, you know, for us, it was like, hey, let's just, like, let's focus on being the best we can be right? That's all literally we can do. Let's have a practice. Let's go. Okay, cool. Here's something we got to get better at. Let's get better at that thing. Let's talk about being tough as a team. We kind of um, definitely messaged a couple of things to our student or our players that we wanted them to kind of embrace. Uh, one of them was, was just playing tough and being tougher than the other team and stuff like that. And man, uh, the, the players, they were just, you know, I think they were just hungry and, and recognized they had an opportunity to be successful and they embraced it. And we ended up winning a state championship, which was really cool. So. Well, I'll tell you what, you had an impact on those kids. Cause I've visited with a few of them after that. And you had like such good kids on that team. Like not only were they good players, but like just good human beings. And I think that's from your all's impact on them and just helping them out. But well, good kids. I, well, and I i mean, he won't brag on himself too much, but from the, what do you say, 24 days? Yeah. I mean, I can't, there's more than 24 stories of positivity <laughs> that uh, JJ created out of 24 days. I can barely tie my shoes in 24 days, <laughs> let alone coach a soccer team. But yeah. I mean, culture wise, I mean, that's his skill. And so, you know, he, he definitely, you got he definitely that. earned Well, that. I just wanted to brag on no, about that for th- you, thanks, please. Man, you know, it's, it's a testament to kids too, right? Like, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff I think that's negative out in the world about young people right and and when you hop in a situation like that like our, our players in ba could have said like yeah you know what we're a week from playoffs um so you know let's cool, just coast cool we got a week <laughs> left you know they, they easily could have had that approach but that was not their approach their approach was very much like hey we have a chance to do something right and so let's let's see what we can do you know and i think um a lot of people probably wrote us off and went like oh man they just changed coaches like this is going to be a train wreck and that was <laughs> that's that's not what what happened and so our players just did a great job and again i think that's that's just speaks to like who they were as people they were great kids um and um they weren't they weren't going to let the circumstances dictate their season right this was, was like a really plot awesome. of a movie i feel mm-hmm. like oh, it it's was, coming out yeah uh, 2024 <laughs> it, I think it was. i'm gonna be honest it would be there were some really funny like here's a here's just a great moment when you talk about culture uh uh, you you know you wear pennies or bibs when you scrimmage and practice and um, so what we found when we when we got into the program was that kids would show up to practice and some would like not have a shirt on or they would wear different stuff or you would give them a penny to scrimmage and they would just throw it around their neck randomly and it has like the BA logo and I remember Chuck Perry I think he used Manchester City he was like hey do you think the guys at Manchester City like one of the you know biggest pro clubs in the world do you think they wear their bib like backwards like that and stuff and the players like no and why are we doing that at BA? And you could see the kids go like, hmm, that's a good question, right? <laughs> and so they flip it around. And there were a lot of, a little bitty, co- when you talk about a coach, I think people think, you know, tactically we're coaching kids, which we did a little bit, but really our coaching was more on moments like that. Like, hey guys, let's look the part, right? Let's act the part. Let's speak the part. Let's, right? And so we just coached them on, hey, let's put our bibs on the right way so we look like we're a team, right? Um, let's, when we come out for a warm up for a game, let's have everybody in a warm up top instead of like two dudes without a shirt, right? And three guys with their own little hoodie on and everybody in uniform, <laughs> like let's, and, and so a lot of that cohesiveness stuff well that creates right. cre- like co- yeah, yeah cohesiveness and leadership 
like student leadership, right? So accountability, right? So like you, the kids now don't have those tags on the right way. Yep. And that's that culture, right? So. And the listeners don't know this either, but Mr. Chitty is also a soccer aficionado. Is, yes. Or football, yes. as they say in the rest of the world. Well, you Absolutely. got two guys. We, we actually yeah, we probably, we probably yeah, yeah. could do an entire we, podcast <laughs> with just talking about soccer. We can talk pick up soccer. I, yeah. I love this phrase. I, I, everything counts because everything communicates, right? So when you have your when you just throw your bib on and the, the logo's not showing or it's backwards or it's inside out, right? That communicates something to people, right? When you show up to a warm-up and you've not wearing a shirt and some people wearing hoodies and people wear that communicates something to people. Um, so those things, they're simple things, but they're not little things in the scheme of a team and a program, right. And getting kids uh, engaged, emotionally committed to each other. So those things are really important. It's all in the details. I have to share a funny story. So I love funny it's, stories. It's, well, it's all about, you know, what, how you perceive, right. So the other team sees you, you look put together and, and you know, we, you have those um, active stretches, right. Where they line up in two lines and they're, you know, the coach isn't directing them. Right. When I show up and a, a team is completely doing their whole warm up without any guidance, that's a, that's intimidating. It's right. A, yeah, that's an intimidation yeah. factor. And so what Mike, so I assistant coach, uh, for my daughter's team and uh, we're a competitive team. And it's funny cause uh, the coach um, would always like, I, I questioned who was sending to do the, the coin flip. Right. And it was always the same three girls. And I was like, why do you, why, you know, cause you know, back in the right, he was like, okay, who, who wants, who puts her hand up first or, you know, like who did the best last week? Well, guess who he chose every time to go up there? The biggest, most intimidating yeah. girls. Right. And so that's just like, you know, that perception, right. You know, like put it together. That is awesome. So we're going to go back on track, even though I could talk to you guys forever and ever about this. I love it. Let's talk about future initiatives in your program. And we'll start with you, JJ. What are some great ideas that you're batting around right now to make, (laughs) to take Vanguard into the next level? I don't, I, 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 um, I think they're classified. I don't know if I can speak. (laughs) I don't know if I can speak on those ideas. Yeah. I I will share one idea. Um, Look, there's a lot to Vanguard. Like I, I shared a 30 second blurb earlier and it takes me 45 minutes to explain it to parents, right? So um, like we're scratching the surface, but um, I do think um, at the very beginning, uh, Adam, you talked about like, hey, this was um, kind of long range planning committee for secondary, like, and let's, I call them micro schools, like Brandon's kind of over a micro school. I'm over a micro school, early college is like a micro school. And I feel like there's a really cool opportunity here. Um, we have such a, a rich history of arts in Broken Era. And um, when you think of Vanguard and the style of school, we have and you think of arts i feel like there's a really cool natural marriage there of the style of school that vanguard uses in uh, arts programming and uh something that i've shared with some people in the district i've kind of gone like hey you know what would be really cool could we explore like a vanguard arts magnet type situation right where students come in and they're earning their core credits through an interdisciplinary means they're learning math science english social studies but it's also through the lens of art Right. And so um, I think we would have students, you know, we, we are a big place, but we have kids that are only in drama, but they love to be in choir, too, or they're in choir, but they love to be in band. And um, this would also give them opportunity to have a broad range of experience from the arts side. And so um, that's a program that's just been marinating in me for a little over a year that I keep going like, golly, man, I feel like we could create a really rich experience for a group of students where they would do school differently. Right. And it would be the core subjects uh, with an immersion of 
of arts. Um, man, that one I'm that one's been sitting yeah, sold. I know. Like, yeah. I'm telling you, where do I sign? Yeah, can I can I sign up? So, so that's the one I'll share. <laughs> and I think from from Vanguard's end, people will start to see our goal at Vanguard is to be more than a school. And I explain it this way: we want to make Broken Air in the world a better place to live, work, play, and go to school. So we already have students working on some projects right now that will do that. But I think in the next couple of years, you'll start to see us working on a frisbee golf course at Vanguard or a mountain bike trail at Vanguard or a destination picture park. We want to create a one acre park where everybody, everybody in Broken Arrow says like, hey, we're going to do family pictures there. We're going to Vanguard, right? Or prom pictures, we're going to Vanguard. So we want to make the world a better place to live, work, play, and go to school. And I think people will start to see some of those projects come out into the world and go, oh, that's what they were talking about on the podcast, right? <laughs> Pretty cool. And so really it's about the students deciding what those things are, right? Not so much JJ or our staff or anything like that. It's students going, hey, this is how I can make our community better. Um, and then our goal as the school is to support them in doing that. Any end of the year celebrations in the works for your very first year, your inaugural year? When people oh, say first man. annual, I just lose my mind. <laughs> your inaugural year as Vanguard, anything fun? Man, I, I, this is what's cool about opening a school is you do get you know, everything's a first, which is really awesome. And so we've got a couple of things that we've been talking about and discussing about how we're going to close the year out. Right now, we're really focused on accepting our next set of freshmen and how we're going to. We did something really cool last year. Every kid that got accepted got a, a pair of cardboard VR goggles and they had a QR code. They had to put the VR goggles together and scan it and put them on. And it was a video of people, you know, telling them you were accepted. It was a 3D video, which is or VR video, which is really cool. So we have another really cool way to welcome kids this year. We've put a lot of energy into that over the last couple of weeks. I'm excited to and see so, it. Um, How do you step up from the as, VR experience, I know, right? Like, I know, man, right. I show up at the door. It's uh, it's real 3D. Yeah. It's just me. It's, it's about creating, uh, you know, irresi <laughs> irresistible experiences, right? And Brandon, Brandon talked about this. You know, you want to create irresistible experiences for students and their families. And so when you think about how you're welcoming a kid into your community at Vanguard, we want to make that an irresistible experience. And so we've put a lot of energy into that right now and um we haven't really looked toward may yet but i think we will um probably start doing that in the next couple of weeks tick 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 i know it's I know. not it's that far up. away yes mr chitty what about future initiatives for virtual you know uh we man i just feel like i just jumped in here just yesterday right and so you did a lot of it was just been evaluations <laughs> um, because no one really knows what this looks like in the future for grade school kids truly I mean, that's what we're dealing with yeah right like grade school kids you know middle high uh, it's all new. It's brand new. I mean, you could say you did it 15 years ago because you had online content, you delivered a couple courses, but these kids that are at home doing this full time all day long, it's brand new. And uh, I would argue that, you know, it, nobody's doing it perfect, right? Um, and so a big part of it is parent education. Uh, so one thing that we're really looking at doing next uh, semester is really having some courses uh, to where parents uh, kind of have to go through those courses and understand the responsibility. I mean, we created that learning coach contract and kind of talked about that, but just really understanding the partnership and what they're, they're taking heed of, um, of their students' education and making sure it's the right fit for those students kind of had a creative idea to where you know they're actually the educator so can we credential these these parents as an educator so they can go get discounts in our in our in our city for you, being educators, you might send right? them down a whole new career path yeah, like you when you know. got one yeah. you never know yeah so really just that that partnership with families um we're also right now um a lot of our elementary is a synchronous environment and so really looking at trying to figure out 
if we have the numbers and the capacities to be able to to, to have a first grade virtual teacher that just has virt and, and they have an actual schedule to where they're synchronous for you know two and a half to four hours a day and then they're given tasks throughout there and they're just, it's 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 at home but it's very engaging um, and so that has been more of what I've seen across the country as as more successful it's not the easiest thing to do it's not the way to make money um, but it is it is the right uh, it, it is more down that right path and so whether we get that fully next year or not the goal and pushing into engaging kids more and to making sure that they're they're being educated and immersed in school um, is is very important because we don't want to lose the skill of school right we don't want to lose the skill of of students being able to come up and and and, and incorporate themselves and so even looking at to where our virtual kids can come you know, once a month to one of their sites and, and be walked through and have lunch at school and go to the library and, and experience those things. Um, just growing what we're, we're grassrooting right now, I think, is really what we're working towards in the future and really getting the word out there that this is a viable solution and you're not going to lose your connections. But we need that engagement from both sides and uh, really making those uh, connections. Well, and you said, you know, it's hard and and, and, and the easiness. So to paraphrase one of my favorite movies in the whole world, A League of Their Own, when Tom Hanks says, it's the hard that makes it great. Man, you know, and I, I love what he said, is like, I go by seek discomfort. Like, that is literally how I live my life because you learn from it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, some of the worst situations I've been put in where I've wanted to quit, um, those are the things that have made me who I am, right? I mean, from adolescence to now. And I think it was just maybe a year ago I realized to dive into that, right? Like, whatever it is, you know, that to seek that discomfort. I mean, I tell my kids that every day. If it's hard, go harder, right? Like, that's that's where you need to go. Well, both of you have had the hardest jobs in the world, your parents. So you already <laughs> had the hardest job ever in the entire universe. Yeah. The rest of us is cake. Soccer it's, team. That's true. Psh, virtual. <laughs> psh, yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on here. Mr. Chitty, thank you so much for being a part of this. Mr. Jadamski, I'll never call you Jason again. Thank you so much for being a part of this. <laughs> thank you, Adam. Uh, yeah, I had to be, you know, I had to be Mr. Right and, and, and follow the rules. I'm very square. But thank you guys so much because I think you've shed a lot of light on great stuff that people are going to really take to heart. So anyway, that's it for today. And I uh, wish I thank everybody for joining us for Core Values. I'm Adam J. Foreman saying we'll see you next time.